Hi, and welcome to the Rocky River Net United Methodist Podcast, and we're excited about starting a new series, um, a series that's going to be through the Lent season about uh, six spiritual disciplines. So we're going to be doing spiritual disciplines, six different ones, right up till Easter. And I, we, Paul and I really believe these spiritual disciplines can really help us in this season of Lent to grow closer to the Lord, um, to grow closer to with each other as well as um in this season, let we use this season to um, show reverence to Christ and and to focus on what He's done for us in our lives, and then all the way up to the buildup of Easter and the resurrection. Um, and just a little bit about spiritual disciplines. Spiritual disciplines are uh, really practices um, that Christians can do um, to help in their walk with Jesus Christ, to help in their relationship with God. Um, these spiritual practices are. Some of them are not necessarily commanded, um, but are practices that are spoken quite a bit in Scripture, um, and practices that um, many of the biblical um, characters and heroes throughout the Scriptures have done these disciplines. And also, um, I think of someone like John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church. He was constantly practicing different spiritual disciplines throughout his life as well. Um, so there, there is a long um, history of practicing spiritual disciplines as Christians. Um, and again, and they're, they're meant to help and enhance and grow our walk with Christ. And also not just to be an act, uh, like an add-on. Um, they're also supposed to be things that we um, become a habit in which we can do continually. Um, because our relationship with God is so important, we want to take those extra steps um, to get to know our Lord better and to fall more in love with our Lord, the one who loved us first, so that um, the more we discover about his love, the more we can grow in love for him. So that's kind of what those pra- spiritual practices are for. So this first week, we're going to be talking about fasting. Um, and Paul is going to um, bring us up to speed about fasting, the practice of fasting. And um, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Uh, I'm I'm excited about this series, and I think it's been a long time coming because uh, these are such uh, essential pieces to the, the Christian life, and I feel like this is really the difference. The spiritual dif- disciplines, to some extent, are the difference between a, a, a casual Christian. Um, it almost, it's almost a contradiction of terms in itself, yeah. I suppose. Right. Um, but that is a, a phrase people throw around quite a bit: a casual Christian uh, versus a, a truly devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And and the spiritual disciplines take uh, our our relationship with Jesus or our uh, status as Christians and and turn it from something that is solely an external thing uh, that that others would see us uh, as uh, being labeled Christians or or maybe even and demonstrating Christian habits here and there. The spiritual disciplines uh, may be, some of them, external in practice, but all of them, in one way or another, are intended to grow us internally, uh, to to strengthen our spirit, uh, to feed our soul, and to nurture our relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, They they take our our spiritual life and our our Christian experience, um, and they grow it in in depth. Um, They take us deeper uh, as opposed to wider. A lot of Christians have, have this wide range of, of Christian experiences and, and exposures and activities. Spiritual disciplines are intended
intended to uh, take us deeper. And um, if I, I had to choose a, a preference, I would rather be a, a Christian who was uh, 10 miles deep and an inch wide than uh, 10 miles wide and, and an inch deep. And I think uh, Christ calls us to to uh, have a, a deep faith that uh, is represented by uh, putting in some hard work, some discipline. A lot of people don't like hearing the word <laughs> discipline in any context, right. uh, let alone, you know, first we think about church and all the, the drudgery and how monotonous and right. boring it, it can be, even though it shouldn't, and then we add the word discipline to it, and it's like, oh, can it get any worse? But, right. uh, but hopefully you'll learn through our time in this series that spiritual disciplines have uh, incredible rewards for us and can be um, immensely satisfying and uh, very rewarding experience. But also, I yeah. want to jump in real quick because also keep in mind to to be good at anything takes discipline, right? To be good at whatever, to be a good reporter, to be a good engineer, to be a good doctor, to be a good whatever. Like you enter into disciplines um, for yourself to develop to be better, right? So it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, we hold a negative to it, but it's really quite a positive to have disciplines. So. Yeah, without discipline, you you can't truly grow as right. a person. Exactly. Uh, for example, Stephen's learning how to play the piano right now and yeah. taking a very disciplined approach to it, right, Stephen? Lots of practice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, fasting is um, one of the spiritual disciplines that, uh, you know, if you were to see a whole list of these, and, and you can certainly search for them and, and, uh, and find context for them in Scripture, uh, fasting is, is one of the spiritual disciplines, unfortunately, that doesn't get as much airtime as perhaps it did uh, back, back in Bible times or even in the, the times of the early church. Um, and has uh, has a negative connotation in, in a lot of different circles. And uh, for, for speaking personally, I, I tend to think that fasting, especially in our uh, modern era, is uh, perhaps one of, if not the most neglected uh, spiritual discipline and, and just uh, straight-up spiritual practice that uh, we as Christians um, living in, in America in particular and um, with the, the culture that we live in uh, really could benefit from and uh, grow uh, deeper in our faith on, on account of uh, implementing a, a habit of fasting on a regular basis. And uh, so we hope you, you learned something from our conversation today uh, about fasting and uh, maybe you are intrigued enough to, to give it a whirl yourself. And uh, in fact, uh, Stephen and I um, took a little took a little test run on uh, the fasting <laughs> thing uh, this past week so that we could speak to it, uh, you know, from experience, a very, very small experience, but <laughs> yeah. experience nonetheless. And really? uh, we're going to commit some time at the end of our uh, episode today to sharing some feedback on that. Um, so, and uh, Stephen wanted to pause before we started today, go get a sucker, because he didn't think he could do the <laughs> podcast without a sucker. So, and I, I, I couldn't help but uh, see the irony in that. Uh, so, you know, uh, so it goes. Uh, fasting is, uh, like I said, largely neglected in, in many Christian circles nowadays. A couple of reasons for that. One, 
I think uh, maybe this isn't something we're directly aware, of, but it, it feeds into the stigma around around fasting is uh, the the memories of and uh, in, in readings about the times in the Middle Ages and, and uh, before and after to some extent where uh, fasting was something done by these ultra-religious fanatics. And, and when I use that word in, in this moment, I'm, I'm doing so in a negative, uh, negative context. Uh, fanatics that were so obsessed with the rituals of the faith, yet uh, so often neglected the, the, uh, the content, um, the substance of the faith and the true intent of these practices, and uh, they they made fasting something that um, was very regimented and uh, almost mechanical, and people began to connect it with, uh, I, I, I learned this term this week, uh, self-mortification, this idea of just um, causing oneself pain, and that somehow that itself was, was an end, not just a means to an end, but an end uh, within the Christian life that we should seek out. And uh, so there's some negative stigma attached to that, the history of fasting uh, in those uh, periods of history. And I think to some extent, especially as Americans, uh, you know, we uh, we think about fasting and our, our society, and, and I haven't done a whole lot of world traveling, but um, I think a lot of folks outside of America would attest to this, that Americans love our food, and we're pretty much food snobs, and we, we want to have tons of variety, and uh, most Americans don't understand the concept of you know having Big. less than three meals a day. Big portions, right? <laughs> Large portions, Large yeah. Large portions. Yeah, the bigger the better. Supersize me. Supersize me, yes, <laughs> yes. Would you like to supersize that? <laughs> of course we would. Of course we would. You know, large plates so we can fit more on it, you know. Right. Uh, and and the rest of the, I, I, I say this, uh, you know, with a large brush stroke. I know it's not entirely true, but the rest of the world doesn't necessarily uh, see it like that. But uh, to normal Americans, we feel like uh, to, to surrender even one opportunity to sit down and have a meal is somehow depriving ourselves of something we have a right to or uh, putting us on, on the verge of starvation, right? Yeah. And so, Do you care uh, if I go get that sucker now? Yeah, you should get that yeah, sucker, I'm, Steven. I'm on the verge. I can tell me. you're sitting there thinking about nothing but the <laughs> sucker. <laughs> Steven's trying to you know, starving, demonstrate our, our message today uh, firsthand. <laughs> So these are some of the reasons why fasting is is not as common, and, and just that it's it's not preached and uh, it's not taught as often as it could or should be, and uh, so there's just a sense of ignorance around it, I think, um, and. Uh, People tend to steer away from the disciplines that require more sacrifice. And for us, I think this is uh, something that would require a great deal of sacrifice. Um, uh, the next place I want to go with this and, and breaking it down, uh, purpose. What, what is the purpose of fasting? Um, my experience is as little as it is, but more, more so in my reading. Fasting, the intent is... Um, to, to draw ourselves nearer to God. The definition of fasting, uh, by the way, is to abstain from food uh, for a spiritual purpose. That's the, you know, the online definition or one of millions that are online. To abstain from food for a spiritual purpose, 
so the, the understanding being that somehow by abstaining from food, we're uh, setting ourselves up or, or facilitating this, um, this experience where we draw closer to God on account of that. Uh, there are other, other things we might experience and other benefits that might come from it, uh, such as helping us reveal and, and work on things in life that tend to have control over us, um, maybe better engagement in God's Word if we invest ourselves in, in God's Word and in prayer uh, during our times of fasting and just uh, being able to conquer uh, human cravings and and desires um, is is such an important thing and I don't think any of us have any clue uh, how many of those we have and, and how many things in life and I say things uh, intentionally how many things have control over us and are reaching out for us like Stephen Sucker is right now you know <laughs> saying you know you want me you want me uh, supersize me you know all these things that are caffeine every day um, and I, I think just as a, a human it's so uh, so important uh, to our health that we recognize what those things are and we resist we battle against them as, as best as we can right so fasting also i think this is what you're getting to is that fasting doesn't necessarily have to be food <coughs> it could be fasting from phone technology fasting from maybe certain shows certain music whatever i mean there's different things of fasting where you can um, rid yourself of some sort of thing that has may have too much influence over you um, fasting from suckers, maybe. So uh, for Paul, fasting from Taco Bell is one for him. So that's you got to get rid of those toxins. Those urges, things. yeah. Yeah, yeah urges. we'll come back to that in a bit. Uh, <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that, Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, an, an important point. Um, just anything that has control over us, and we could do a whole podcast on uh, fasting from technology and, and all sorts of these other things, social Sports. media. Sports. Oh, that's a great one. That's yeah. a great one. Um, and you know, and since uh, your team made it all the way to the Super Bowl, you know, you're, you're just now right. beginning that fast. That's true. Um, and I think another reason to fast uh, isn't uh, just to, to protect ourselves and make ourselves healthier, but it's to be able to relate to the people that we're trying to witness to and, and reach out to. And not everybody is as, as privileged as we are. Uh, I found a. a um, a quote from Gandhi in which he talked about um, the importance of uh, fasting ourselves so that we can better relate to people who live and he, he quotes eternal compulsory fast an eternal compulsory fast in other words people who have no choice but to abstain from certain things in life because they don't have uh, the opportunity to engage in them so if, if I want to be able to connect with somebody who, who doesn't have uh, internet access or doesn't have uh, Taco Bell or suckers or somebody you know who, who doesn't get three meals a day at some point, I need to understand what that feels like and what that lifestyle looks like. And uh, I need to be able to relate to them by uh, coming alongside them in that way. So uh, important aspect as well. Um, I, I want to walk Stephen through uh, some of these scriptures that uh, speak to fasting. And I'm going to throw them out there and give you a chance to, to chime in on them as well. But each of them in, in different ways speaks to the, the Bible's uh, emphasis on fasting, different things we can gain from them. The first is uh, 1 Corinthians 7, 5. So this is the Apostle Paul. He says, Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Uh, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. 
I wonder if um, Stephen knows the context of this <laughs> of this yes. verse. This is this is not uh, speaking to uh, fasting from Taco Bell or suckers. This is uh, this is fasting from uh, sexual activity uh, in in marriage, which is a you know maybe a surprise that we would bring that in today. But um, we can fast from anything that has control over us, and and really it speaks to the larger concept of fasting. I think this concept of of um, being able to resist anything that does once again have control over us but not depriving yourself so much the intent in the bible wasn't to make ourselves miserable uh, we always have to keep the focus in focus at all times the focus is to draw closer to god so uh, i don't i think like we were speaking about the middle ages and these uh, times when people began to see fasting as the end itself uh, may, the more mi miserable they made themselves the closer they were to god well no that's not necessarily always the case we want to um, have discipline and we want to be able to reject our our, our uh, human urges um, but the end is not to do so to the extent that we're miserable all the time the point is to to be able to focus our hearts and our minds solely on on christ i think uh, also too i think <clears throat> we have to realize that we can <laughs> survive without these things that we think we need mm -hmm. so like we can survive without our phones. We can survive without TV. We can survive even. <clears throat> Paul and I have been are using the book um, Celebration of Spiritual Disciplines as kind of like our guide through this whole process. Um, and the author makes a lot of really good points. Um, and on the chapter on uh, fasting, he talks about how the human body can survive many days without food. Um, I think it's up to 20 days or so, around 20, 25 days without food. Um, so it just goes into as that reminder that we can um, survive things that um, may have possession over us. That's, and that's kind of what those things that have possession over us is kind of like the illusion, that trick that you can't, it's almost like you can't survive without me. But the reality is we can. The reality is that we can survive on, on the Lord alone, right? And um, and what he provides for us. So that's kind of too, it's like letting those things go so that we're no longer controlled and possessed by those certain things, mm -hmm. which can be, they can be good things. Anything, a good thing can become an idol or a bad thing. Any good thing can become an idol. So that's kind of like the, the practice of not allowing those things to become idols in our lives. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, reminds me of you know, about two weeks ago or so when Stephen and I were planning this uh, particular lesson, this episode, we were trying to discern what best we should fast from, what would be the most meaningful experience, and we thought uh, that we could fast from, from children, from our children, for, <laughs> for a week, you know, just because we didn't want a good thing to become an idol, um, but we discussed it with our wives, and they, yeah, they directed us elsewhere, so, yeah. uh, but, you know, it was an important conversation to you know, break things down. The, uh, the next verse uh, comes from 2 Samuel 1.12. They mourned and wept and fasted till evening for Saul and his son Jonathan, and for the army of the Lord and for the nation of Israel, because they had fallen by the sword. Uh, so here we have a, a fasting um, in a corporate setting. So this is 
This is uh, the entire nation of Israel fasting in a uh, situation in a time of, of grief and mourning. Their, their king, uh, the king's son, and, and uh, many of the, the members of the Israeli military had fallen by the sword in, in battle. And uh, they were fasting um, as a, a way of expressing their grief, their, uh, their mourning on the other side of that, and drawing, trying to draw themselves closer to God in that, uh, in that time of brokenness and, and absence. Uh, so another context that you can apply fasting. Uh, Acts 13, 2, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Uh, so Acts is, is all about the, the work of the early church, the early apostles. And in this context, we see that the church had committed itself to a time of prayer and fasting. And as a result of having done so, as a result of engaging in the spiritual discipline, the Holy Spirit, loud and clear, spoke to them uh, this message of these two individuals who were being called into ministry. And uh, the church was obedient and, and sent those two gentlemen out uh, to plant churches and do God's work. So another setting that uh, fasting comes up in on occasion. Um, and uh, maybe something that uh, in, in all seriousness as a church, you know, we could get better at and uh, being able to hear the voice of God and and uh, is communally, you know, times of, of fasting or at least encouraged fasting, um, where in those times we can um, set ourselves to listening for God's voice and direction in, in an important moment. Another example is uh, from Esther, Esther chapter 4, verse 16. Go, uh, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me, Esther said. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Uh, so Esther's, uh, I think, uh, a story we're going to come back to on the podcast here uh, before too long. But uh, in this context, Esther is, uh, has a unique relationship with the king as uh, kind of a, a queen in training, I, I think I would, I would call it. Um, but uh, she, the king is a, a formidable character. Um, but Esther's uh, people, the Israelites, are, are being persecuted um, by this, this nation. And uh, it's, she's being called upon to approach the king and, and present this injustice to him. And she's terrified, but uh, she is seeking the faith to do just that. She calls. Her, her entire nation behind her to rally behind her and to pray and to fast uh, for her as she goes into the throne room to meet with the king. <clears throat> um, Exodus 34, 28. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. All right, so this is uh, the, that important point in Scripture where God uh, gives the, the Ten Commandments to the Israelites, to Moses directly. So, but, but before that happens, Moses has to spend uh, time in the presence of God. This is Old Testament. Uh, this is before Jesus. This is uh, when uh, grace had not uh, been spread so uh, sufficiently around through the gift of the cross. And, and being in God's presence was a terrifying thing, usually one that did not end well. Uh, but Moses was called into God's presence to receive the Ten Commandments. And for 40 days and 40 nights, he went without eating 
or drinking water. Uh, I think that includes suckers. He didn't have any suckers <laughs> uh, for 40 days, 40 nights. And, you know, as Stephen was saying, there is a limit to how far the body can go without eating. And I have to imagine Moses was pushing up against that. Uh, but the water piece here tells me that there are fasts in Scripture that are uh, supernaturally enabled, right? Uh, Moses could not have gone 40 days without drinking. Yeah. Um, and then, finally, we're, we're going to uh, plop down here in the Gospels, Matthew 6, uh, verse starting at verse 16. When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father, who is unseen." And your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So these are uh, one of, I think, two or three times when Jesus directly addressed the practice of fasting. Uh, what's implied here is that fasting at this point in, in history and in, in the uh, in in the, the uh, faith, the Christian faith or the Jewish faith had become a, a regular concept uh, that individuals would partake in. Um, weekly was, was the, the habit. And uh, nowhere in Scripture, Stephen was saying that not all of these spiritual disciplines are required by Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture does it tell us we have to fast, but Jesus made the assumption that his followers would fast, and, and people in his society at the time did fast, and he uh, strongly encourages it here and in other places. It's implied that Jesus is fully in support of it. Um, but we see in this example um, what so often happened. The Pharisees took things uh, just way too far or uh, just totally misunderstood the point and uh, the religious leaders and the Pharisees began to take pride in living out the ritual of fasting and uh, the, the action itself they begin to see it like we were saying before as as the end itself instead of the means to the end and they just wanted to show off uh, that they could fa successfully fast and um, and they wanted people to see how miserable they were because uh, they wanted people to see how committed how devoted they were to their faith in God and uh, they were willing to take these extreme uh, measures to, to commit to God and, and spend time with God, even though it would appear they never actually got around to spending time with God, uh, just the, the act of fasting itself. Uh, so th that's uh, another comment from Jesus on fasting and uh, brings us to the end of our specific scriptures. Anything that uh, struck a chord yeah. with you, Stephen? Well, I also I want to, so like, like you're saying, there's so many people throughout Scripture who fasted. Moses, David, um, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, um, Paul, Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, just about every significant figure in Scripture had, had practiced fasting. Um, and you can see just the benefits of that. And also um, the challenge of it, too, is to not make fasting an, an end to within itself. Um, or means to a certain end. So fasting is meant to be draw us closer to God. Um, but also not just people in Scripture who fasted, but also many um, significant Christian leaders throughout church history fasted. Um, we have Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Knox, John Wesley, Jonathan Edwards. There's a lot of Johns. I just <laughs> realized that. Um, uh, so many of those figures also fasted. And Actually, John Wesley, at one point in his ministry, was uh, fasting on Wednesdays and, and Fridays, and he, he was so passionate about fasting that he refused to ordain anyone 
to the um, to the Methodist ministry who did not fast on those two days. So, wow. um, Paul, would you have been ordained if you did? Well, well I think, yeah, no, I, <laughs> at least not at this point. I would want to know what are the rules about Thursdays? Right. Like if I can't eat on Wednesdays and Fridays, you know, are right. we feasting on Thursdays? Or? Yes, feast. <laughs> no, I, I mean, really it shows, um, I, I don't know if I mean to say it quite like this, but it shows how far we've fallen or how far we've yeah. strayed from uh, the, that level of discipline, at least in the fasting realm. And, and I, uh, I'm afraid to, to say I feel uh, in so many other realms as well that we've just fallen off the horse when it comes to these spiritual disciplines and the importance of our inner uh, faith muscles as opposed to just the external uh, stuff that we, we look at. Right. Uh, so uh, unless you have other comments on, on the uh, general concept itself, Stephen, I, I wanted to take a few minutes to share our experience with fasting. Anything yeah. before we get there? Um, just one more thing I wanted to share too, and I think I think you probably mentioned it, is that when we're fasting from food, this is also something we got from the book, when you're fasting from food, you also should, also should be feasting on God's Word. Um, so, again, it's we're fasting from food, but what we're also doing is, is taking in the words of God, reading the words of God. We're also praying or meditating or studying. There's something that you use to fill in the gap. Um, so, like, maybe we're not eating during this time, so we're going to be praying or reading reading the word during this time, and also I also this to keep in mind too is that when you're practicing spiritual practices, I think there's part of a temptation to be self righteous to think of yourself above others who are not practicing fasting. It's very easy to say, well, "Look at me, I'm fasting once a month or once a week or whatever," and all these other people aren't fasting. And, and there's is very easily can have a sense of pride and a sense of self righteousness that we need to avoid. Fasting really should bring humility to us to humble ourselves before the Lord and also um, for us to be more service-oriented towards others. Um, so fasting is, is really a, is an act of humility. It's an act of worship. It's an act of surrender to the Lord. Um, and so keeping that in mind that we're not just avoiding food, but we're also adding in um, the practice of reading God's Word and prayer and service and those those things of of the like so yeah just keeping that in mind yeah that's that's huge uh what a, a major pitfall uh, that can be right. um and i you know I, i'm gonna assume that i'm not the only one that at least feels the temptation uh, to do just that like when you're when you're doing good, um, and I, I can uh, be the first to attest, there have been many times in my, my f walk of faith that I have not been doing good at any of this stuff, and uh, I wasn't going around blabbing everybody how, how poorly I was doing. <laughs> uh, uh, guess what, guys? I, you know, I haven't prayed in a month, or you know, I, what's this thing called fasting? Yeah, I've never done that before. You know, I don't, I didn't go around bragging about how awful I did. But when you're, when you're doing good, and you're in these Christian circles, boy, you, you, you are tempted or or at least there's this impulse within you that wants people to know about it. You know, wants to, and it, and it comes down to you know our our need to measure ourselves up against other people, yeah. and it's it's sad, but that's a, an urge I think we all feel, and I think that 
if we truly commit ourselves to these spiritual disciplines, um, that is something that not necessarily we, we stop feeling, we stop struggling with that, but uh, once you truly have the, the legit, the genuine experience of uh, intimacy with God that is created on account of having lived into one or more of these disciplines, um, it's you no longer uh, it's no longer a joking matter. It's no longer something that you you treat as just uh, um, a trite and and inconsequential. It's something that is uh, such an important piece of of your character of your daily walk that um, you you wouldn't just want it, you wouldn't want to toss it around casually and and uh, use it as a manipulation tactic to to uh, make people look at you in a different way. It, it becomes your life and breath. Your you know it becomes your everything and uh, i think if we can uh, commit ourselves to to experiencing that and knowing what that experience is and um then no longer will we be as tempted to uh, make light of it and and use it unfortunately to um to manipulate people's perceptions of us uh as difficult as that might be so fasting uh steven and i fasted this past week, in fact, uh, we we fasted just yesterday. Was it yesterday? <laughs> yesterday, I guess, Stephen. Yeah, yeah, just yesterday. Today's um, we're recording this on Thursday, and and hopefully you'll you'll have it uh, accessible to you in short order here. But um, yesterday, actually on Ash Wednesday, Stephen and I chose to to fast. Um, and uh, you know, I I <laughs> I shouldn't speak for Stephen, but I decided <laughs> when we we were going to share our experience with you that I was going to be one hundred percent candid and honest and. Um, so I'm trying to think of even going back to our conversation, how we chose, how we chose Wednesday uh, as our day, and I think <laughs> for yeah. uh, for for um, there was something that I, I remember I didn't want to sacrifice something that I knew I was doing on Monday or Tuesday, yeah. and so we kept Monday was a day off or something. Yeah, Monday. Was, yeah, so we uh, so even before we got started, we were already trying to think of ways <laughs> to make it as easy on ourselves and, and sacrifice as little as possible. <laughs> so that's just uh, you know full disclosure. Um, but uh, our experience of fasting, you know, is unique to each of us. So you know, Stephen, do you want to share anything uh, first off, or you yeah. want me to take a um, stab at it? No, yeah, I think it's I've I have fasted before, so this isn't a first time thing. Um, I've fasted yeah, when it comes to like some <laughs> big decisions in my life, or the choices between two hard decisions, something like that. So, um, so I've done it before, but it's all it's always um, we did like a full day fast, so that was I haven't done many of those. Um, so yeah, I mean it was a challenge. It's always you kind of have that first initial. Um, pain, I guess, where it's like I should be eating right now. <laughs> um, I, I guess I will confess that I woke up in the morning, kind of forgot, and I had a, a beefy beef jerky <laughs> stick. <laughs> 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 and after I ate it, I was like, oh, wait, I was supposed to be fasting. So um, there's nothing I could do after that. So, I, you know, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was really good. <laughs> so I did eat after that. But that was like 7 in the morning. My girls get up really early breakfast so. of champions right I see it. exactly <laughs> now, now everyone can see what i eat for breakfast which is not good yeah. um yeah I, I mean i think as the day wore, wore on um it was fine i think the hardest time was dinner when the rest of the family was eating but hmm. yeah that was about yours yeah i i i didn't have a bv stick in the morning but <laughs> <laughs> but um you know i i did successfully go 24 hours uh, so in that sense i, I was successful i Wait, wait, uh, you're not revealing everything, though. 
So Paul like stuffed his face right up to that 12, <laughs> to the twelve o'clock hour and stopped. I don't know if I'd say stuffed <laughs> my stopped face mid bite right when it hit twelve, right? Yeah, so. right when the clock struck twelve. <laughs> no, I, I I did. Uh, I had a normal dinner uh, Tuesday right, evening, right. and then I did have a snack conveniently right at about eleven fifty-five uh, Tuesday uh-huh. night. So right. yeah. Um, but you know, I don't. I don't think that takes away from our our uh, experience and no. our success. Uh, but I did promise that I, I would be candid about about the experience <laughs> as a whole. So I can tell you what I did well, what I what I didn't. One, I I felt like I I didn't go around bragging to everybody. I, I didn't put oil on my head or or. Um, or wash my face constantly, like the Bible tells us to. But that was a different culture. There's a purpose for that, and that's for the more extended fasts, I, I think. But the, the intention behind that was to, to make sure that people saw you looking healthy, uh, looking sprightly during your fast, uh, so that you weren't um, trying to to uh, manipulate people or, or present yourself uh, in a way that would make people think something differently of you. Um, I, I don't think I intentionally went out and shared it with anybody uh, you know, people who had to know uh, knew. Um, so I, I think I did fine with that. Um, I did during the day capture a few stolen moments and commit them to God. Um, but I, I do think I, I failed in that I didn't really set aside the meal times that day uh, like I, I wanted to. Um, at lunchtime, I, I went for a walk and had a good conversation with somebody, but uh, didn't set aside time alone with God. Um, at dinner time, uh, there wasn't a, an opportunity to do that, or I didn't create an opportunity. So I, I feel like I could have done that much better. Um, and uh, I, I think the, my, my other confession that I'm, I'm sure Stephen is itching to share in case I decide to leave it out was that, uh, you know, at, at 12.05 a.m. <laughs> this morning, on Thursday morning, I was I was in the Taco Bell drive-thru uh, ordering up a few tacos. So uh, there's that. But, you know, that 24 hours, um, you know, from 12 a.m. to 12 a.m. was was uh, set aside um, legit for fasting. So I don't think that nullifies <clears throat> all of my efforts, but it does, uh, you know, reveal a little bit about my um, my shortcomings, we yeah. should say. Yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with, um, well, I didn't go out the Taco Bell. I mean, <laughs> I guess I did raid the fridge a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I think... I think it was a good experience. I really enjoyed it. I, I think it is something that probably should practice regularly less once at least once a month um i will say i i did find some time to pray and seek the lord but i definitely could have had more added more time to that um yeah and around meal times <laughs> at dinner i just kind of like stared at my wife and kids while they ate so i, I guess it kind of made them awkward <laughs> i just watched <laughs> them eat the food um i could have went off and prayed and um just kind of recentered my focus and and had more scripture reading so but overall, I mean, I, th- I think it is a good experience. I think it is something that maybe just doing once a month um, and maybe not even doing, um, you don't have to do a full day. You could just skip lunch once and just use that time to pray and read the word or you skip breakfast if that's the meal that you eat all the time or dinner or whatever, using the meal time specifically just to pray mm-hmm. or even maybe doing sunrise to sunset, um, not eating and um, not eating while the sun's up, but eating when the sun's down. Something like that. Just getting creative about it. Um, but all, overall, the main focus and intention is is to draw us centered, center us on God, and draw us closer to Himself. And 
um, as that that being the main purpose and goal. So, yeah, I, I would agree that um, at least from my perspective, this is definitely something that I, I need to, I should implement more in my life and. Um, I don't know that it necessarily has to be food every time. I think there are some other things that certainly have control over me, have my attention that, that shouldn't as much as they do. Steelers football. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I could tell he was itching to say something. I should not have paused to allow Steven to interject there because uh, he's the one wearing a, a Kansas City hat right now. Yeah. Um, anyhow, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, is something that I, I should – find ways to implement more in my life. Um, I've been co actually convicted about that for a while, and, and this only reinforces that. Uh, but uh, just even uh, the, the food piece is important, but I think uh, just reminding myself and forcing myself to come to terms with these things in life that have control over me um, is, is so important uh, so that I don't get completely lost in, in uh, some of these vices and, and uh, some of these habits and even things that aren't necessarily unhealthy, such as eating, uh, being able to recognize and, and experience the kind of uh, control that, that needs to eat has over me. It was, in, you know, just in 24 hours, I had numerous times during the day where in my subconscious, I registered that I was hungry and then my mind started flitting towards, okay, uh, that means I need to find a place to eat. And my mind started processing, okay, I'm, I'm going here or there, I'm going to get some food. And then all of a sudden, I, I finally realized in my conscience, uh, my conscious itself, my conscious thought, oh, wait, that's not, I'm not doing that today. You know, so <laughs> It was it was uh, kind of a bizarre feeling to deprive yourself of something that is such a, a an ingrained habit in your subconscious uh, that, that you don't even think about it. So I, I think it's important to practice that, experience that on a regular basis in all sorts of different areas uh, of life, and uh, I would like to implement that more often. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, my big takeaway, though, is that uh, don't bother planning how to go through a day without eating unless I first plan how can I go uh, through that day with increased uh, time set aside for God. If I'm not, if I'm not going to put that piece in place, then why bother with the other piece? And you know, I think I did to some extent find ways to seek the Lord more meaningfully uh, yesterday. But I think next time around, I would for my my first step, first priority would be making sure that those times are carved out just for uh, devotional time with God before I worry about you know how I'm going to survive without eating. <laughs> get that, get that. That piece in place. Um, so that's you know my biggest takeaway. And uh, friends, it's you know it's Lent. It's a season of Lent, and this is what this season is all about. It's about stepping back and looking at your life, and looking at your <clears throat> your walk of faith, and, and asking yourself, okay, what are the loose ends? What are the weak spots? Where am I vulnerable to attack from the enemy? Um, how can I short things up? How can I look at myself in, in new ways in my day to day life? And and uh, how I spend my time, how I spend my money, all of these things, they're, they're all on the table. They're all up for, for um, discussion, up for debate and, and reflection. And the most important thing we can do over these next six weeks is commit ourselves to, to prayer to open the channel for God to speak into these areas of our lives 
and anything we can do to amplify that prayer time, whether it be fasting or journaling or reading scripture, uh, just makes it all the more powerful and, and impactful. Um, but that's what the six weeks are about, so that we can go into Holy Week ready to look at the cross and, and see something new, uh, see something new and how it relates to us and how it relates to God and, and our relationship with God. We can look at the empty tomb uh, knowing ourselves and knowing God better somehow, and uh, we can come away on the other side of Easter into the Easter season that follows and be a new person, Be have, have our faith uh, shored up and uh, just be in a better place and ready to uh, experience a new level of, of God's plan for our lives. I think that's what Lent is all about, and this is just one of many ways uh, that you can ensure that that uh, experience can be yours over the next six weeks. Uh, any any closing remarks uh, from the Kansas City fan here <laughs> across the table? Uh, nope. No yeah. closing remarks. Okay, you've probably said enough today. Up. Yeah, <laughs> well, You can go out on the, you know, bashing the Steelers note. That's that's fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've I'll, said I'll your piece. I'll save some for later. So. Yeah, please do. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> Well, friends, thank you for joining us, and uh, this is going to be followed by five more of these, and we hope to look at them from a biblical perspective, um, but also a practical perspective. How can uh, how can we understand them better? How can we apply them better? And Stephen and I are committed to uh, testing each and every one of them out as much as is possible. You'll see as we go on that that becomes a different question with each one to some extent. Uh, but uh, we're going to come with our personal experiences and with some conversation about it in general and uh, hope to add some more tools to your tool belt, your, your faith tool belt. How's that for a cool image to round us out? Uh, we hope to see you Sunday and there are more and more ways uh, that we can in fact see you on Sunday as, as time goes by here and, and uh, we start trying to in, in as many ways as possible uh, return things to normal. So 8.30 remains our parking lot service. Uh, 10 o'clock we're in person in the sanctuary. 11.25 we are uh, continuing to stream from Beacon Hall here at the church, but we are also welcoming uh, warm human bodies into Beacon Hall uh, so we can worship alongside you at 1130 on, on Sunday mornings. Uh, and it's an exciting development last week, continues this week as we roll into the, the Lent sermon series on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be a, an incredible season, and uh, we're just excited about uh, life in general and, and the new ways that we're going back to doing normal things, uh, but also the this, uh, this Lenten sermon series is coming and the podcast series, uh, all sorts of reasons to, to hang on for your life and stay connected and stay with us throughout this season. So uh, we hope you all are well. We miss you. And uh, thanks for listening in. Have a great week.